0: Hey
1: everyone, welcome to another episode of the Mad Scientist Financial Independence Podcast. The podcast where I interview some of the most inspiring personal finance writers to find out how they were able to achieve financial independence. Um, My guest today is Chopin from streetsmartfinance.org and I'm really excited to have him here. He's originally from India and he came to America in his 20s to pursue a graduate degree and he came with very little money in his pocket but through a lot of hard work and perseverance he was able to build a commercial real estate portfolio that is now worth millions of dollars uh so since i've been recently studying real estate investment quite a bit um very excited to hear Shilpin's story so uh without further delay uh Shilpin, thanks for being here thank you Brandon appreciate it oh absolutely no my pleasure so um so before we, you know, get in and start talking about all the fun money stuff that uh, I know we're going to be touching on, uh, would you mind just uh, telling a little bit about your background and, you know, what led you to eventually uh, become Street Smart Finance? Yeah, Brandon. I mean, my life is uh, anything but conventional. Uh, you know, when I was back in
0: India, um, I was set to go uh, to run my father's business. He owned a small car dealership. In a town, and, and it was all set. I'm the only son, but one day I, I met a guy with handicap handicapped, and he he had a lot of uh, inspiration, a lot a lot of a lot of ideas about life, and that really changed my thoughts. And I wanted to do something on my own, so I decided to come to to the states. Um, I finished my undergrad mechanical, came here, and and ever since I came here, what what I appreciate about this country is the the opportunity it provides to a guy like myself who come with nothing here. And uh, there's an article written <clears throat> written about me uh, four years ago when I started blogging. I you know you may not know, but I blogged before with uh, with another uh, blog that I launched in 2008. And it was quite successful at the time <clears throat> because it was all about uh, personal growth, and um, the way I uh, wrote, it was kind of unconventional, people like it, because um, I wrote straight from my heart, and um, that, that interview um, pretty much summed up my life, um, essentially I came here and um, finished my master's and, and worked in engineering for a while, um, I still work, as a matter of fact, you know, so I, I enjoy working, that, that's, that's uh, fun stuff. But uh, I'm I'm an entrepreneur at heart, so uh, I've explored so many business opportunities, and I would say now I've done a close to uh, fifteen million dollars worth of real estate transactions right wow. now. So um, that has given me another field that, that I really enjoy and working on. You know, dude sure. So it, it it's it's inspirational in that part. So uh, it it's been twenty years here in, in the United States, and uh, I'd say that I'm not ultra rich, but uh, I can quit
1: tomorrow if I want to. That's great, and yeah, yeah. The the real estate is definitely something that I really enjoy reading about on your site, and uh, I know that's something. We're gonna hopefully touch on quite a bit here in the next few minutes, but um, before we move on to that, um, what age were you when you came to the states from India? Um, Yeah, I was twenty-five, so I'm forty-six
0: now. So it's it's um, it wasn't real young age, but I I guess um, it was young enough for me to to explore uh, different things. uh, I think the uh, the entrepreneur's real part um was, was there in me since you know
1: my father was a businessman back there right and um, and did you come alone or did you come with any other family or did you no i just uh, came alone um uh, initially to to do my master's year and um I, I believe I read somewhere that you came to America with very little money in your pocket wanna you know miss yeah, out that's the thing,
0: you know. When I, when I told my
1: father that I, I
0: want to, uh, you know, create my own life, and you know, he he came from a small village and built his own life from nothing. Mm-hmm. So I I told him that I want to follow his footstep and and create my own course. And he said, if that's the case, then you have to go on your own. You got really uh do things on your own without my help. So. He bought me a, a
1: ticket to come here and in, in twenty dollar, and that was it. Wow. So that's how it came here. That that is incredible. Um, and w- can you talk a little bit about what uh, you said when you were working uh, in India? You had met someone who had you know changed you know changed your outlook on life. What what was it that he discussed with you that you know made you give well, up? This,
0: this- uh, yeah, it's a great thing. This was a a guy who was handicapped, and and uh, he didn't have legs, uh, to be honest. But he, he wanted to be a wrestler,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I saw him in um, in one of those uh, uh, local events where he he was uh, fighting or he was wrestling with others uh, despite his uh, handicap uh, situation. So after after that event i met him and and asked him what inspired him and he said if you have a dream and if you really want to achieve something you know, not not uh, you you can't be sorry for for your uh, uh your circumstances mm-hmm. you, uh, you
1: you you can't blame circumstances and that really changed my thought process uh, about life and for for people that don't uh know your full story as well i um i believe you had polio when you were young, and you overcame that, and obviously oh, yeah. went to great it's things correct. as well. So, I
0: was, uh, when I was uh, I was three or four, I I, I hard, hardly remember now, but uh, I had polio for for a few years. And uh, when I uh, when I started going to school again, you know, I was behind, and I, I always felt some sort of inferiority complex in my mind. With my mother, who always told me that if uh, you, you're no different than others, you, know, you you really have to think like that. Because um, if you victimize yourself, then you're never
1: going to succeed in life. Yeah, so that's amazing advice. And and yeah, it's the people that you know are saying, "Oh, the economies made me lose my job, and you know now I can't pay my mortgage, so the bank's the one that's going to take my house." and you know, treating yourself as a victim and feeling that you're different than you're being treated differently than everyone else—it's really not going to get you any success. It's you know, if you instead you know work harder to find a new job and you know start working you know part time on the side to pay for your mortgage and move into a smaller house, and if you you take control of your life, then then obviously that's when the the great things can happen. So, yes. Uh, uh...
0: Brendan, you know, one of my uh, favorite, George Bernard Shaw, once said, liberty requires responsibility. Uh, that's why most men dread it. And, and that's so true. Uh, I think in life, we all like liberty, but we don't like responsibility. And once we understand that you can't achieve anything without responsibility, for example, if you want to retire, you've got to start saving like crazy. you gotta, you got to give up something. Uh, what uh, what I call cost uh, cost up an opportunity. I mean, if you you start spending money on stuff and possessions um, at a young age, you're gonna pay uh, when you get older. So so choice is yours, whether you want to spend now or save now
1: and and live life of true freedom. Absolutely, and and you said responsibility, and that's um, yeah, that that's a very great word for what i was hoping to talk about next um listening to your story it, it, you know that's it, it seems like it's the perfect story of the american dream you know you come here with 20 bucks in your pocket and you end up you know building businesses and becoming an entrepreneur and having a you know a great life for you and your family um but these days it seems like the american dream is different it, it seems like mm-hmm. for people the american dream is well, you know, I went to college and, you know, even though I had to, you know, go into 40k of debt to pay for it, but now I deserve a job and I deserve, you know, a big house and I deserve a nice car. And there's no, it doesn't seem like people want to take the responsibility to earn that and get that for themselves. Um, Do you, do you see that? Do you, do you see that a sort of a shift in you know, perception of, you know, what it is to obtain the American dream, like as being an immigrant, as opposed to, you know, somebody growing up here and thinking that, you know, they're entitled to all of this, uh, all of these things. Yes, yes, I, I, uh, and and I'm I'm not
0: generalizing, uh, Brandon, but when I, when I speak with friends and colleagues at work and so forth, um, most do have. Complain about their situation. Now, I've come from third world country and I've seen real poverty. Um, America is nothing uh, close to it. I mean, this is a great nation. Anyone the poor here enjoys uh, all the luxuries that rest of the world really is envy about. Um, as you said, you know, problems are within your two ears. When 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 you think yourself the victim uh, and think that. Yeah, I have a degree and I need a job or, or, you know, I'm educated, so I can't do this work. It creates so many barriers. Um, I'll give you an example. After I finished my master's in 91, it was, if you remember, it was a terrible recession we were going through. So uh, I was applying uh, at, at a lot of companies and uh, applied for a, a machinist job or, um, at, at a a small plant that Emerson Electric owned. When I went there and um, interviewed, the manager re- recognized that I, I'm highly educated and he asked me this. He said, why do you want to be a machinist? I said, I, you know, I, I'm an immigrant. I need an opportunity to give me this. Uh, maybe maybe I'll learn how to run uh, a machine. And, and so I did. And I, I, I became expert at, at um, uh, CNC machines, programming, so forth. Then, long story short, within six months, I was I was chief engineer there. Okay. So, if I had not applied for that job, uh Brandon, I, I would have not really learned real real world. And I, you know, that job it, it taught me so much about life. And I think every young person ought to have a different perspective of life instead of. Demanding, they ought to find where the job is and and train uh, or acquire skills so that
1: um, you're, you're more sellable. Yeah, absolutely. For people don't realize, you know, how hard you worked. Um, I know I read somewhere that you were you and your wife were working 18 hours a day, pretty much for five years straight as you were trying to build up your yes. businesses. Yeah, the uh, the very first business
0: we bought uh, for straight five years. We work 18 hours minimum, and some days even up to 20 hours, and that's that's not a lie. <laughs> you know, and in 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 today's uh, world, we work between 15 to 16 hours a day, and, and and that's true. Now, you know, to some that that's an overkill, but I enjoy what I do, and as long as you do what you love, uh, you won't feel terribly bad about working. Uh, so, so as you know, Steve Jobs said in one of his commencement speech, uh, speeches, I think, uh, uh, Stanford, uh, you've you got to keep looking till you find what you love. Now, I was having this conversation with one of my friends a few days ago, and he said, well, it is easy said than done because he said, well, I don't have much money in the bank, and i got to do this work that I hate. Um, so what do you, what do you say about that? And I said, you know, my, my friend Jim talks about this after you money, you know, and, and I told him about that. And I said, uh, you know, you got it. You got to change your lifestyle. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that if I sit down with you and we, we look at your life, we can find so many things that you spent money on um, that, that they're sucking your life energy so uh, if, you, if you can get rid of those things that are not really helping you achieve your true freedom uh, that's that's your first step you really need to start organizing your life and and budgeting and living way below your means and once you start saving like crazy for five or six years you you the more money you have you have in your bank account um, the more power you have will help you over your life. And, um, you don't necessarily need to hoard money, but having money provides
1: you the liberty and opportunities to do or pursue things that you love. That's simple. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, my wife and I were actually just talking about this last night uh, at dinner, um, and we yeah it, it, we, so many of our friends you know they're they're miserable and we can see that they're miserable with their job but rather than save to get out of that situation they just spend to make themselves temporarily happy um and then just digging themselves into a hole that they take longer to dig themselves out of so i would like to yeah i'd, I'd be interested to hear how your friend eventually gets on because I I don't know if it's just a mindset thing, like for you and I, you know, it's it's obvious. It's like, well, if I don't like my situation, then save money until I don't need to work to, you know, and, I, and then the situation will take care of itself. But so many other people were just like, well, I had a bad day at work, so I'm going to go spend a hundred bucks on dinner and drinks on a Friday night and then, you know, go buy a new car on Saturday to... Make myself feel better and make Saturday and Sunday fun before I go back to hell on Monday. Yeah, I mean, a branded problem is we
0: live in a in a consumer oriented society, and everything's targeted to um, entice entice you to spend money, and that's the the way the capitalist system works. Nothing wrong against that; just those who are smart um, who understand that. Life doesn't take much um, to live happily, and happiness has nothing to do with money. Once you once you can have that mindset to to work hard and and start saving and do anything and everything in your early early life to increase your revenue, yet not allowing uh, increased revenue to to inflate your lifestyle. Can, can achieve true freedom because they, they, they're they really level-headed. You know, they, on one hand, understand that they need to work hard early on to save money because then money works for them. Um, but but on on the same token, they don't allow uh, living like Jones's attitude to creep into their mind to yeah. start spending. Uh, and, and, you know, most people can't, line between those two things and I think
1: that's when trouble starts yeah and you and you mentioned that um, it, it doesn't take as much as you think to live a happy life it doesn't take as much money as you think you need yeah. um, and that's that's something that's um, been very apparent to me in the past few months uh, my wife and I've just been you know just discussing you know what what is the absolute perfect life for us what what, what, would, what would make us you know the most happy? Um, no, no boundaries that we have, you know, there's nothing tying us down. Anything goes. And, um, you know, we, we spent quite a few months talking about it and we eventually came to a plan that I had written about on the madfiantist.com. Um, but after we had come up with the plan, it was even more exciting to budget for that plan because when, when you know you're going to be free things that it's much easier to cut down everything in your life to, to what's important. Like, um, we're not going to need cars anymore cause we're not going to have to drive to work and just eliminating these items from our budget and then looking at the final number and being like, wow, you know, it's, it's so easy to get to this stage that, um, it, it's amazing that other people, you know, aren't doing it and just, you know, stuck in the rat race for 40 years. So, um, but yeah, but now I'd like to definitely get into, uh, real estate which is what I was really excited to speak to you about um, you are an owner of hotels um, and I I would love to hear the story of you know how you ended up uh, investing in commercial real estate uh, when uh, my
0: kids start growing uh, around uh, you know my youngest one when she was around three or four um, my wife uh, she she quit working since uh, we had our first kid but she wanted to find something that allows her to run a business and still spend time with, with my kids. So when we started thinking, um, this this was hotel was one of the businesses that we thought can can provide her an opportunity to, to be with kids when she wanted. Uh yet she could still manage the business. So that in that was the the basis for our desire to purchase first hotel and that was back in 98 you know that that's when we first purchased our our hotel um that we still own and she still runs it uh it's it's all almost been paid off uh, now so uh, it's an amazing journey um but but since then you know we purchased two other properties and and uh, we. We purchased several commercial lots. Um, at at one point, I had uh, I was dreaming to build one, but then 2008
1: came and um, I put that project on back burner for now. Right. So, so you uh, you own a total of three currently. Is that? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And um, are you, and you're still managing the initial one. Are you yes, managing yes, all three? Yes. 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 And
0: and uh, you know. Uh, other, other ventures I have partners in, in someone who manages uh, the business so uh, I, I don't do any hands-on management as far as those properties um, other than the one that my wife manages I, I help her out uh, when needed mm-hmm. uh, but um, to your knowledge I, I also am an IT mm-hmm. and, um, I work for a bank actually um, uh, so, so
1: on top of having this business, that also works. Wow, and so you can you can see where all the hours in your day go, then that's why you're <laughs> you have quite a bit of work to do. Um, how how do you find uh, commercial real estate investment? Um, is it something uh, you'd recommend? I, I know good question, burn So yeah, and and um, <clears throat> I've written an article on this too. That
0: the the very first property I bought, uh, to be honest with you, Brandon, I only had. Thirty thousand in my pocket, or, or, or I think to be precise, around twenty-eight thousand. Um, so I, I um, like this property that was near near our home back in '98. Small property, and it needed um, it needed a few two hundred twenty-five thousand down payment. So I found a few other partners to to buy it, but uh, about. Few weeks before the closing, um, those who told me that they'll, they'll be um, coming up with the funds uh, called me and said they can't do it. So I was really disappointed after all this work. Um, but fortunately, I, I had built friendship with this gentleman who owned the property, mm-hmm. and um, he, he realized how how much work I. I put behind this to, to make this deal happen. So, um, long story short, he, he, um, finance a little over a hundred thousand to me. Um, and then we, we saved like crazy from that, that 30 within, within, uh, eight or nine months, we, we had close to hundred. Um, so, uh, that's how it, 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 happened. You know, we, we took that note and paid that off in in eighteen months. So, wow. within the the eighteen
1: months of purchase, we we paid up two hundred twenty five thousand roughly. Wow, that's that's very impressive. And yeah, how how do you find do you, do you own your personal house that you live in, or do you are you a renter? Or? Um, no, no, no. Um, we 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 have a house. Um, that that's about. 30 miles from the property. And how, how do you how do you find commercial real estate as opposed to like a, a lot of people maybe starting out in real estate would, you know, go the residential route either, you know, buying a single family home or maybe a duplex or a triplex or things like that. Um, was it was it very difficult to go that extra step and, you know, purchase a hotel or is it, you know, pretty much the same principles that you would apply to a residential deal uh, that are applied to, uh, you know, something like a hotel? Yeah, prior to 2008, Brandon, uh, the fan-
0: financing world was different. Um, th- there were a lot of small community banks that were eager to do conventional loans. Uh, now, you can always go SBA route. You know, SBA has seven a and 504 loans that mm-hmm. you can use for commercial real estate. And uh, that's a great way to... To start, if I had to advise someone who is interested in uh, buying a commercial real estate um, with a great credit, you can you can purchase uh, uh, a commercial real estate through SBA um, and SBA is just uh, government guaranteed to the bank.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So so bank has uh, guarantee um, up to 75% uh, of the loan amount. And, you know, you know, hotels are highly speculative, uh, instruments. So, it, you know, banks are now not lending as much. Which it's really hard to get lending on, on commercial real estate. So if I had to compare that, uh, to a duplex or a condo, it's much easier to get financing on, on a duplex condo. So it, it's, it's, it's far easier to uh, become a landlord that way. Um, I think you know uh, if, if you have bandwidth and and you can handle the work, it, uh, with with the right opportunity, you can make a lot of money with uh, with commercial real estate in a
1: relatively short time, provided that you want to work hard right. for for the first three to five years. And does the difficulty getting financed? Does that usually uh help you know people like you who are, who are able to to get the financing or already have the financing to purchase it does that make it more favorable uh keeping you know people just starting out here you know just trying to get into the business uh, from even having a chance of purchasing some of these properties
0: yeah that's a great question so uh, one of thing the things SBA also looks at is uh your resume to see if you have any prior experience running business or similar kind of business so if you if you have a partner or, or someone in your family who's run uh, a commercial business like a shopping center or, or a hotel um, it, it banks look look at that very favorably because uh, commercial enterprises uh, require some hands-on experience um, management uh, versus Versus condo or or house um, that you know you don't need any kind of uh, management experience to manage this because you can outsource it to to uh, third party management. Sure. Um, you can do do the same with with a hotel if uh, if it's a big operation, but most uh,
1: small to medium sized hotels require hands on experience. Right. It seems like it would be quite a big endeavor to take on uh, it, it seems like people would work maybe work themselves you know from maybe a triplex or a small apartment building and then maybe take on a hotel but it it seems like it would be very daunting to jump right into buying a hotel yes yes i, <laughs> I would assume so but
0: uh in the last 20 years the landscapes really changed in in the united states uh, uh for hotel business uh back in 80s. Uh, of course, I wasn't here, but um, I have friends who told, told me that it was a lot easier to buy a hotel, uh, especially even build a hotel um, back in 1980. To give you an example, if you want to build a hotel, it it, uh, it only costs about $15,000 a room. Uh, today, if you want to build um, a hotel like uh, in a comfort suite or or Hampton, it costs you seventy or eighty thousand dollar room. Why? Wow. So uh, even if you look at sixty room hotel, um, which is a small, very small hotel, um, it requires about five million dollar wow. uh, investment to to begin with. So uh, what is happening, Brand? Back in eighty s, um, those who invested in hotels were able to get their money back within three years that mm-hmm. was average payoff um, now it takes 10 to 12 years before you you can even think about it and risk is uh, proportionately much higher now right,
1: uh, than ever because of competition and i'm sure the banks aren't wanting to wait that long to get their money back at these <laughs> these days so. so so
0: it has become increasingly difficult business to, to run now um so again i for someone who is starting out new um i think great way to, to participate in real estate is through um uh, duplex or
1: or small rental properties if, if they have uh, desire to manage those great and and the the next thing i'd really like to talk to you about what you write about quite a bit on your site that i love reading about is some of the tax benefits of of real estate yeah, in the way um, I, I was talking to a friend yesterday on this topic. Um,
0: he invested in the stock market and that's another way to, to build wealth. Uh, but he was telling me that he has about $250,000 in losses um, in the last 10 years. And The problem with with stock market losses versus uh, for example real estate losses is that in stock market you, you can only deduct up to 3000 a year
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um so the gentleman is fifty five years old uh he will never be able to uh take um all those losses um from tax standpoint uh whereas you know if you if he had owned a hotel and and lost 700000 um but then if he had some other ventures where he made money, he would have offset that through. Um, his S corp or or LLC. So one of the great benefits of uh, commercial real estate is if you lose, if you have several businesses, and if one is losing, you offset know, that against um, profit from other uh, venture. On top of that, you get depreciation uh-huh. um, uh, expense, which is really a in my mind, a ghost expense, right? Um, and and um, then you you get to deduct anything related to business. Um, you can you can buy a vehicle. You can um, go out on trips as long as they're business related. Uh, so uh, there are plethora of, of benefits with with commercial real estate. But um, the, the best part is that. And I'd also appreciate it over over the time. So um, while you're you're taking advantage of uh, of the tax situation, you also are accumulating um, tax um benefit. Uh, so, so you can uh, you know you, you you can reinvest your your uh, profit into uh, something similar, similar to 1031. Right. So like in 2008, I sold a property and I, I made close to 600,000. Uh, and this was just before Lehman left, to be honest with you. <laughs> nice uh, time. So um, buyer was, was scared and, you uh, know, long story short, I convinced him to, to buy. Um, once, once I, once I sold, I realized my account told me that I, and I'll have to pay uh, taxes if I don't reinvest this. So through 1031, I was able to reinvest that into um, a similar business. Um, and, and as long as you identify your investment within uh, a definite time period, I think it's um, it's 90 days. Uh, you can you can reinvest the entire Gain without paying a capital gain through 1031, and okay. and I think that even applies to condo or any other property that, that you own. Okay. So it's just not um, not limited to commercial, but normally your profit is is uh, a lot more in commercial venture uh, compared to small property. So um, the benefit of, of owning a real estate is that there's no limit. Uh, the losses you can take. Um, on, on the same token, like I said, you know, when you have profit, the government allows you to to roll it over into another investment without paying any taxes
1: through 1031. Great, yeah, those are those are amazing benefits. Um, and you mentioned LLC versus S corp. Um, it would is there what would you recommend for Obviously I am sure it depends on exactly your situation, but um yes. is is there either that you would prefer um when you're you know setting up some sort of venture? Uh, I prefer S Corp um because uh, because of the nature of the business that I'm in. Mm-hmm.
0: Um I I think if you have real estate it's better to go with S Corp, uh, since there are more liability protections. With that, uh, so you you're, you're exact. you you're exactly S Corp's like a mini corporation, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it enjoys all the benefits that major corporations have, um, with without uh, you know worrying about um, uh, major lawsuits, like if someone dies in your property, you know when you have a hotel or or, or some if. You know, Vermont, you get known if someone falls, uh, and someone gets hurt, um, for whatever reason in your parking lot. Um, you, you, you know, S Corp provides you a lot more protection in terms sure. of personal liability. So, S Corp's great if you have a real properties in your portfolio. Um, LLCs are also similar instruments, but, I think, um, it, as you said, and it all depends on the kind of business you're in. Um, the, the beauty of S corp is that it it acts as a corporation, but then at the end, at the end of the year you get K one and you're getting uh, profit or loss in
1: corporations not paying any taxes. It's just you pay. Right. So yeah. Um. Before we finish up here, uh, is is there any any advice, like general advice or advice that you've received in your life that's been particularly useful that you'd you know, give to someone who's looking to achieve financial independence early in life? Brandon, I, I, I think
0: you, you you got it right. It's, it's all about your attitude towards money. And I, I think it's your attitude towards your life in general that, that dictates where you will be in terms of financial independence. Uh, all you have to do is really um, make it simple and try to save like crazy as much you can as you said. Look at every expense, no matter how big or small it is. Um, uh, you know, when you're when you're really uh, building your your career, um, and that even takes spending money on transportation, spending money on uh, your your habits, and and all that. Uh, comes into calculation. But once you save, um, and I, I would suggest 40, 50 percent uh, net you save, start start investing wisely. And once you once you start doing that, and understand the nature of the investment you're in, um, you you really start reaping the benefit uh, as time goes. And everything takes time and persistence, but you stay the course and uh, 10, 15 years down the road, you, you, uh, before you know, it, you'll be financial, financially independent. So, uh, there's no rocket science here. It just amazes me that, uh, most people don't get it, but, um, in a nutshell, it's just
1: doing the right thing early on, which makes big difference. Oh, that's great advice. And yeah, it, it, it is amazing that, not a lot of people are doing it, but Chopin, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Your, your story is an absolute inspiration, um, and it was a pleasure speaking with you. Um, how can people get in touch with you uh, if they want to you know, learn more? I know they can find some great stuff that you've written over at streetsmartfinance.org. Um, is there any other way they can get in touch or send you an email or just leave a comment over on your site? Or? Yeah, uh, Brendan, my site's great with you. With me, uh, there is a uh,
0: contact link uh, so they can email me or leave a comment, and I'm very uh, very precise about responding to um, all the emails that I get. So uh, I'd love to help anyone
1: out if I can. Perfect. And is, is your you mentioned your previous blog? Is that still kicking around somewhere? Yes, it's uh, successsoul It's kind of
0: interesting. I. I uh, it, it was doing very well, and then I abandoned it because I realized late in 2008 that uh, my family needed more time. Um, so um, I didn't pay attention, and someone else got the domain, and it took a while for me to get that domain back. But I have it back, and um, just two two months ago, and I'm just trying to revive it now. To uh, anyone interested, com.
1: Okay, I'll link to that on the show notes as well as your streetsmartfinance.org site um, and a few of the other. I know we touched, uh, we talked about a few of your other articles, so I'll link to those as well on the show notes. Um, but yeah, that, it was absolutely great talking to you, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Brandon. I really enjoyed the opportunity to talk to you this afternoon. Thanks, Chopin. I'll speak to you soon. Yes, sir. Bye. Thank you. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Mad Madfientist Financial Independence Podcast. Uh, thank you very much again to Chopin for taking part. His story is incredibly inspiring, so I hope you were as inspired by it as I was. Uh, if you've not been to a site yet, be sure to go to streetsmartfinance.org to take a look. I also want to thank you guys for listening. Um, I've noticed the podcast has been getting some good reviews over on iTunes, so I really appreciate your kind words there. Um, I have some really exciting Mad Madfientist things planned for next year. And I definitely look forward to producing more of these podcast episodes as well. So since this is the last episode for 2012, I just want to wish all of you a happy holidays. And I'll see you in
0: 2013. Y equals MX plus.
1: Finance.